Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. Our teaching series today actually called Overcoming You. The last six weeks, we've been diving into pretty heavy topics, uh, working through issues of of struggle of, of control and approval. And you can go through the list. In fact, they're on, on the website, on our podcast. You can go back and listen to those. And today we're going to talk about, the, our last week, we're going to talk about overcoming this expectation we have, well, disappointment and expectations. Uh, the disappointment of expectations. If there's anything that gets us down is when we've been let down, right? When we have been disappointed. And I find that, uh, that there's things as just as a consumer driven world that more and more there's, there's a striving for excellence and the best to have the best. And I think as much as the reviews that they have online are helpful for the consumer, it puts a lot of pressure on the people that have a business, don't they? If you own a restaurant or if you have a, a place, it's like reviews are make it or break it. And I, I've, maybe you've gone on vacations before and I, I've done that where we're, you know, you don't have a whole lot of money to spend. And you're like, okay, we're going to go on a big vacation. We're going to fly somewhere. And so you, you book the tickets, you get the rental car and you find your accommodations. And, and as you're going through the steps, you, you go on like, gosh, this flight's kind of this isn't really, you know, and then you get your rental car. And you're like, ah, oh, this isn't what the car I pictured. And then you get to your hotel room and you open the door and you're like, this has nothing what the website looked like. This is, this is, you know, you pull the shower curtain across and there's like little cucarachas going around like, whoa, you know, TripAdvisor is going to know about this, right? You're, you're just like, this is not what I expected. I had this and we got this and this is all the money. You know, we kind of get into that consumer mindset. I know it can happen. Maybe you've gone to a restaurant. I, I know I have. And, you know, you, you hear great reviews and, you know, you, you, you look at the description on the menu and then, and then you get your food. You're going, wait a second. Okay, for, for that much money, how come the prices are higher and the food's smaller? Have you noticed that with restaurants? You're like, this does nothing to look like the picture. And, and, and you know, some of you might be going, well, you know, first of all, you're not a very fancy restaurant if there's pictures on the menu of the food. You know, so it has to be a very fancy uh, restaurant to do that. But there's expectation, don't we? We have this high expectation and many times we can get disappointed so easily. Well, if it's not food or it's vacations, there's other things that that can kind of bum us out, and especially expectations that we have of other people. And we do. We, 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 we might say, no, I don't really, no. But we have expectations in, in relationships and certain people that need to come through when they need to come through. And we can find ourselves maybe, many times easily disappointed and maybe even disappointed in ourselves, can't we? Where we put ourselves in this high expectation and we don't fulfill what we're hoping to fulfill. But I would say there's times in our life, and this is not to make ourselves proud or anything like that, but that we're really trying to strive hard to meet expectations, that we're really trying, especially when it comes with, with God, that God, we're, we're trying to be faithful. And, and for you, sometimes that might have been the case in your life where, man, you're, you're trying to be faithful in taking care of your body, eating healthy and exercising, and all of a sudden you got a problem. You're like, Lord, I, I'm trying to take care of myself here. 
You might have maybe a job situation where you're working really hard and you're diligent. You're showing up on time. You're punching the clock. You're, you're doing all the things. And then to come to find out, oh, we don't need you any longer. For some of you, you might have been in a, in a struggling relationship. Might have been in a marriage relationship. I know people have been struggling in their marriage for years. And you're putting a ton of work into it. I mean, a ton of effort in this relationship for, it to, for that spouse to leave you or that that friendship to kind of dissolve. and it's not, So we have these high expectations, but I would say too, also it's the expectations that we have toward God. I mean, God's perfect and God has everything in, in control and, like, and we can kind of get ourselves like, we're working really hard. We're, Lord, I'm trying to be faithful. I'm trying to do the things you want me to do. And it seems like we find ourselves coming up short. Lord, I've been faithful, I've been serving you, and it just seems like, in my faithfulness, we're just not quite there yet, what we're hoping for, and we're expecting there's, there's disappointment. And what I would describe, and maybe you've experienced before, it's kind of what they call the meantime. You can't, we, many times we live in the meantime, don't we? we the, the meantime is, is this in-between between what we are doing and what, we, what we're hoping to receive in life. Let me have, I got this question for you. Do you ever live in the meantime? Do you ever live in this challenging times where you're waiting, you're doing the right things, you know to do the right things, and it just seems like there's not really results of that. Someone said that the meantime is between God's promises and God's, God fulfilling his promises. And see, what happens is deep down where we struggle with the most, if we're really super honest, right, is that we struggle in our relationship with God, hoping that God would come through and what God would do and the expectations that we have. And we get disappointed. So, Lord, I've done all this. How come it doesn't seem like it's resolving? There? Well, I want to kind of give us an underlying thought when all that we'll be talking here for a couple minutes is, is this, that true faith really is forged in the meantime. True faith is forged in the meantime. That, as I said, the meantimes can be mean, but the meantimes are this, this shaping, character-developing time that we go through. And, and I would say that there's a lot of us here who would... If I ask you to put your hand up and say, how, you know, how many you want stronger faith? A lot of people would put our hand up and go, yeah, I want strong faith. Oh, well, do you realize you're going to have to go through some really painful times? You're going to have to go through difficulties where you're, that, 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 that struggle is going to forge your faith to be stronger. We kind of go like, uh, I don't know about that, right? I'm not sure if I want that because we want the results in our life. It's like we expect the best. And many times, it just, just seems like we're in this in-between time. So if you struggle or I've struggled at times in this, I, want, I, I really think we can relate with the woman in, in Scripture that we're going to look at today. A specific couple, but we're going to look at this one, one particular woman that the Bible focuses on. And it's 2 Kings chapter 4. And it's, it, the Bible doesn't say her name, but her and her husband from an, a community called Shunem. And you could, she's labeled the Shudamite woman that Elisha, the prophet, comes in contact with. And this is what it describes her as this. She's a well-to-do woman. 
a well-to-do woman. You can kind of picture what that might be. A person that has a lot of wealth, a person that has a lot of prosperity, a person, and when you, just, when you start hearing about looking at this woman from Shunem, is she's a very generous person. If she had the gift of hospitality, that would be what she's good at. And, and it was really true because her and her husband opened their home to this prophet, very famous prophet, Elisha. And Elisha comes through town as he's traveling through. He didn't have to, you know, check into the Shunem Super 8. He could stay with this couple. In fact, they were so generous that this couple builds a room just for Elisha. So when he comes through, passing through, he could stay with them. Talk about generosity. Talk about just a wonderful couple, right? Well, it's all good. It's all nice. This wonderful couple, and I would say this until God got involved. You know, everything's going really good for these people, and then God got involved. And that seems to be the case, and Elisha is a part of this, because he, he goes to his assistant, Gehazi, and asks Gehazi, hey, find out what this couple needs. I want to bless them. I want to give them a, you know, some kind of gift or whatever I can be generous back toward them. And Gehazi comes back, he goes, they don't really need anything. They have everything that they, that they really need in life. And you know people like that. There's people out there that are really good people. Like, it's hard to give to them because they're so generous to them, There's, to, to other people. And like, what can you give people that they don't, they have everything they have. They're just good people to be around. And, and, and so finally, Gehazi finds out that they don't have any children. In fact, they've been barren. And, and back in the Bible days, not having children was not only a, a, a you know, problem and difficulty for a couple, but it was actually somewhat of a disgrace. That there's something wrong with you, that God has a curse on you. I mean, it was a really bad thing back then that people had that stigma about other people. They have kids, but they didn't have any children. And so Elisha goes to this woman and says this. He prophesies over in verse 16. He says this, about this time next year, Elisha said, you will hold a son in your arms. Now, most people might hear those words and go, no way. You know, God, I can't believe that. That's awesome. There'd be like a wow, you know, moment that, that you would have, but not, not the case with this woman. Listen, listen what she said. She says, no, my Lord, she objected. Please, man of God, don't mislead your servant. Now, we can only speculate what all this means, but you can think about it as you really dwell on this. Here they are, you know, haven't had ch children, maybe years, maybe decades that they were hoping for, for kids. And, and now they don't, and they've kind of moved on. And, and, and it's almost Elisha, she's like, don't mess with me. Don't do that. Don't, don't go there. How dare you do that? Do you realize how painful it is for you to say that? Again, scripture doesn't say, but they could have tried years and years and years, and, and, and maybe they had miscarriage. We just don't know their story. Doesn't, scripture doesn't say, but in all accounts, they're good people, people that love God, people that love people, people that they're faithful, and, and yet God has not blessed them with this deep longing in their hearts. But disappointment after disappointment, maybe at times they had to work through hurt and anger and he may be bitterness toward God, but they got through it. They worked through it. They, they realized this is the reality. This is their lot in life. That if God didn't want them children, they wouldn't have children. They, they move on, done deal, right? And all of a sudden, 
this holy man comes along and says, hey, you're going to have a kid next year. Talk about ripping like a scab off a wound, right? What do you think? Some of us can relate. In fact, there's couples that I know over the years that, that, that struggled with not, having, not able to have any children. They, they struggle. Maybe there's been miscarriages along the way. There's people even, even mentioning that. I know for some of you that and there's like one in eight, one in eight uh, um, couples actually struggle that way. They, they lost a child. So it's a reality for many people. But some of us haven't. Some of us haven't gone through that particular pain and grief. But in some ways, we all kind of wish for babies to happen that we didn't happen. Maybe you've gone through years of schooling and a potential career that never developed. Maybe you have a relationship that you poured into and poured into that still ended up very badly. Maybe it was a risky investment. I mean, you slid all the chips over on this side of the table and you say you're all in and it was a total bust and you lost everything. We all have babies that we were hoping for to see fruition that never actually were birthed. But what do we do? Well, we move on. We cope with it. That's it. But then imagine one day it all surfaces again. And there's like this new glimmer of hope that was lost. And that's really what was happening. And you can't help but be excited about it. Look at verse 17. It says, but the women became pregnant. And the next year, about the same time, she gave birth to a son, just as Elisha had told her. Listen, what happened, happened. She didn't expect it. This promise came and this promise was fulfilled. It's a wonderful, amazing story, right? They didn't have any kids and now they have a kid. And, this, and we could kind of go, that's it, we're done. Wow, we could go, man, we could go home early here. We could probably get beat the Bob's Burger brunch line here. We could probably do really well wherever you're going, right? Some of you are like, let's go do that. Well, can I tell you, that's not the real world we live in is it? either. That we, not all stories end with a nice little bow on it. There is some pain, there's some hurt. I would say this, there's some mean time that are really mean that we're going to look at here in a moment. Look at verse 18. It says, the child grew and one day he went out to his father who was with the reapers. He said to his father, my head, my head. His father told a servant, carry him to his mother. And after the servant had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, the boy sat on her lap until noon, and then he died. Yeah. You, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. If there's anything that kind of sums up my struggle with God is stuff like this. Stories like this. Stories in scripture and stories of people that I know. I mean, think about it. how, let's just be honest, how, how sick is that really? After years of disappointment, you, you come to a place to resolve. You're, it's not happening. You move on. You go on with life. That's the way it is. And then all of a sudden, what didn't happen is happening. Awesome. And then it to be the, 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 the rug just pulled out from you. Just to rip it out of your heart. I mean, I have to admit, I'm just being struggling. I love God and I love Jesus, but seriously, Lord, how cruel is that? How cruel that, that, that God would do that. that here is this, this promise fulfilled and then totally taken away. Well, Scripture says after her son died in her arms, listen to this, 
She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. Who's that? Elisha. The very bed that they provided this dude with. The very room that they built for him. You know, they were doing really, really good. Everything was going fine. They were okay with the lot in life. This is the way it is. We don't ruffle any feathers. We're just going to be good people, faithful people. And, and then all of a sudden, the man of God comes, the kid, and all this is going on. Everything just comes, just, just changes them. And, 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 and it says that they shut the door, went out, and she called her husband and said, please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. What is she doing? She's gunning for him. What she's doing. This grieve-stricken mother. In fact, the Bible talks about, you can read and paraphrasing it, but you can read through the story where the husband kind of pulls her aside and Genhazi, Elisha's servant, pulls him. She goes, no, bring him to me. I'm going to him. I got to go him. Take me to him. And, and th- there's a sick joke going on. And let me at him. Well, look, look, look at verse 27. It's when she reached the man of God at the mountain, she took hold of his feet. Gehazi came over to push her away. But the man of God said, leave her alone. She is in bitter distress. But the Lord had hidden it from me and has not told me why. Here's this moment of unleashing immense hurt. You, can, you can't even imagine what... This woman's going through. But here she says, she says, did I ask you for a son, my Lord? She said, didn't I tell you not, don't raise my hopes? Didn't I tell you don't raise my hopes? And you did. And you, and yes, it was a gift. This child was a gift. And then to take it away. How cruel is that? The very thing she didn't want to happen, happened. The very prayer that she stopped praying was answered only to be taken away. It was almost like, Elijah, we, we were content for what we had. And then you came along. And God gives us this kid. And, and, and it was wonderful. And then to be snatched away. And you think about this. How sick is that? Several years ago, we've had, well, there's been multiple people I know that miscarriages, but there was kind of a unique season where we had two couples that lost children at childbirth. In both situations, they, pregnancy was fine. Everything was normal. Even up to, to delivery, the, they just couldn't resuscitate the child. Just like, really, Lord, why? Now, for some of us here, we have not experienced that severity of pain. But we've had, we've had some disappointments, deep disappointments in our life. Hurt and pain and things we've gone through that have just left a hard, hard place for us. A dream, really, that became a reality that only was retracted. Several years ago in the church I was a part of, they, they built a wonderful, beautiful new building. The problem was they just couldn't quite afford the, the house payments. And during the time of the recession in 2007 and 8, all that was cra- there was a crash and that happened, and they ended up having to sell the building. And what was sad about it is not only all that happened, but they had this campaign called Dare to Dream. And I thought, man, how can dreams die? Here's the question I have for you. Have you had a dream die? 
Here you, you, you a, maybe it's a career in a relation, you're in a career or maybe in a relationship or even for some of us been involved in a ministry and it grew and it got stronger and got healthy. And all of a sudden it's like the, the bottom dropped out and it was like a death of a dream. Well, just like this Shunammite woman, here's the thing. You, 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 you weren't perfect, but you really can't pinpoint that you did anything wrong though. You were just being faithful to God. And it just seems like that God kind of reneged on his end of the deal. Talk about mean times. Talk about times being kicked in the teeth. Now, some of you are going, man, I feel great right now. This is such an uplifting message and encouragement. Well, we've got to go through the mean times. But we, we, we have this. It's called hope. And knowing that God, you know, God is never over till it's over, what, what he's doing. Elisha not only empathizes with this woman, but he finally goes back to the house. And it's just a very interesting thing that happens. He goes to the very room. So picture Elijah as well. Elijah is just trying to be obedient. He's just trying to go through what he needs to go through as God's called him. And, and God gave him a word to speak to this woman that you're going to have a kid. And then, you know, and then all that happened and then the kid dies. Talk about some guilt he's feeling. Talk about some, talk about some regret and remorse he's going through. I mean, he's feeling and I'm sure that the heaviness as he goes up the stairs to the very room that they built him for, laying on the very bed that they provided for, their very child that was promised is now dead. Now listen to this moment. It's almost, you got to talk about literally a waiting moment as you're going to read this. But talk about a waiting moment for this couple. Talk about a waiting moment for this prophet. That maybe his own faith, his own crisis of belief is taking place. Scripture says when Elisha reached the house, they were, there was the boy lying dead on his couch that he, was, he would sleep in. He went and shut the door on, on the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he got on the bed, laid on the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands, as he stretched himself out on him. The boy, boy's body grew warm. Elisha turned and walked back and forth in the room and then got on the bed, stretched out on him once more. Listen, listen what happened. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. <laughs> okay, that's different. <laughs> Someone wrote that snot never was more holy until that moment right there. And that... What in the world of a story? Elijah summons the Shunite woman. Here they are. They'll talk about the roller coaster. Years, decades, never thought they could have a kid. Gave up the dream to have a kid. And then they give him a kid. And the, the baby, you know, kids then snatched away, dies in a few years. Oh, now he's back to life. Talk about needing some counseling through life. I mean, that's crazy, right? This was this journey that was going on, this up and down, up and down. The story finishes. Elijah said to her, take your son. She came in, fell at his feet and bowed to the ground. And then she took her son and went out. Now, be honest with you. When I read this story, I have more questions than answers. Don't you? I have more questions. I have more struggle than in all of it because why do all that? Seriously. Why this crazy journey is sort and 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 I was thinking about that like for your own life, true, right? Why God? Right? Why? You know, 
just like, can we just go to that? Do we have to go here and then there and then there and then there? I'm like, no, life's a journey. And there's along the line, there's some in between times and we could call them mean times. They're just mean times. It's just mean. It's just not nice that we're going through. Well, what's going on? Well, true faith is forged in those mean times. Character, our, our, who we are is developed in the mean times. Our Christ-likeness, our growth in our faith and the depth of our faith is in these mean times that we go through. Now, I want to leave you some thoughts here in this story that is just fresh in our, our mind and our heart. How do you bring meaning to the mean times? How do we find in the meantime? Because I think we can all look back at like we got here and that was awesome, but there's really, it was just like crash and burn over here. And you know, like what if we could handle it a little bit differently? What are some thoughts to help us? Well, the first thing to help us bring meaning to the meantime, is, I would say is this, that God's plans are sometimes radically different than ours. And I wrote that, quite, that, that statement early in the week and I would like rephrase it. I was like, God's plans are many times radically different than ours, thinking about it. Because think about this though, most of our life is pretty predictable. If we do this, we get this. If I work really hard, I get a paycheck. If I work really hard for many, many years, I get to, somebody says I get to retire, right? If I do this, it's kind of a, it's a cause and effect. The old saying goes, you put something, you, you, what you put in, you get out of. But at, there is other times, not always the case, is it? There's a little bit of curves, maybe big curves that God will pull out on us. You're going, what in the world are you doing, Lord? I remember several years ago, there was a couple in our church. Their names are Dave and Mary. They, they moved south now and but then, in fact, they had a weekend place to come up and visit here. And I, I got to know them a little bit. And I got to get to know their story. They said that uh, we want to get married. Can you marry us? And so I spent some time in hearing their story and what was happening. It was very interesting is uh, talk about a curveball that they experienced. Both of them had been married 30 years each, kind of knew each other, kind of family, you know, friends and couple friends and all that, not close, but knew each other. And Mary, her, her husband passed away two years before Dave's wife passed away. But Dave's wife says to, her name is Deb. Deb says to Dave, when I die, you should marry Mary. He's like, honey, we're not going to talk about that right now. That's not, you know, no, I, I really think you consider that. Well, that thought was in the back of his mind, but he, she did pass away and working through his grief and everything. He came in contact with Mary, not thinking that at all. But then as they got to know one another, it came back that his wife had passed away, said this to him. So they decided to get together and start talking and, and building, building relationship by connecting over the phone and everything. And their first date was to our, one of our church services. We don't call it the connection place for nothing. That's what we name this place, the connection place. So I, within, within a few months later, I was able to, well, they stood right here in this little platform and they got, they got married. Talk about a curve. Some of you go, oh man, you go, my story is even crazier. You have a story in your life. It's such encouragement to us to know that it's not always a straight line, that God is at work and he's doing this in our lives, that many times, many times, God's plans are so radically different that there's twists and turns that come on. People that you never met, you met. Experiences you never thought you'd go through, you went through. Surviving 
through difficulties that made you who you are today. That looking back, you're going, oh, I would never want to go through that again. But you did. And you came on the other side and you're different because of it. And you're thinking, well, why, God, are you trying to mess with us to do that? No. What's he trying to do? Forge our faith to be stronger. You think about the Shudamite couple. They went from up and down and just utter despair to high hopes, you know, to crash and down, you know, this wonderful, incredible blessing they received of this child. See, bringing hope, meaning to the meantime is this, is that God's, know this, that God's promises can feel delayed, but they're never dead. That God's promises can feel delayed, but they're never, they're never dead, really. You've probably heard of a trust fund. I was thinking about the other day where people, you know, maybe they, they leave an inheritance and they, usually a lot of times it's when children are not at the age to be responsible with money. And so they leave it with a trustee. So there's a lump of property or money. And then when the, when the child comes of age or the person comes of age, then it's released to them in a, in a plan that the person who passed away left them. But there's a trustee, there's a person in charge, a custodial charge of it to make sure the plan happens and the wishes of the person that, that desired for that. And I was thinking about that for our lives as well. That God has, the, the, there's, a, there's promises that God has. That there is inheritance in those promises. That there is a trust friend for you and for me that we're going to receive one day. And it's going to be big. It's called heaven. It's pretty awesome. Yet there's also some blessing that comes on this earth that he gives us. He gives us resources. And if we're following what he's called us to do, that there'll be resources along the way that will provide. There's promises on this earth that he will give us, but we're not in charge of the release of those. Just because I prayed something doesn't mean it's going to happen right away, right? God's not our butler, He's God and he has a plan. And, and, and for a trust plan to work, a trust fund, you have to trust in the plan, what he has for us. And as we put our trust in him, and I love how it's, you know, this trust fund is not signed by any deed, it's signed by God's word. I love these words here in 2 Corinthians. For no matter how many promises God has made, check this out, they're yes in Christ. All the promises are at the end are yes in Christ. And what that reminds us of this is that a, there will be a day when it all comes together. There will be an accomplishment, in a culmination. All that God promises will actually take place. They are yes in Christ. But until then, we wait. Until then, there's this meantime that we hold on to, that we trust in him. And I think one of the challenges when, with all of it is, is prayer is actually prayer can be a, a difficulty for us because we are called to pray. We should pray. It's important to pray. And we do pray. But when we do pray, it doesn't seem like we're getting any answers, at least the answers that we want. And I've been guilty, I'm sure you have, of going, of really telling God what he should give us. Have you done that before? Like, I think, God, this would be really great if you did this for me. And some of them is not just wants, but really needs. Lord, it would really be great if I had a healthy body. It'd really be great if you could work out this relationship. It'd be really great. But we're, we're, we formulate our prayers so many times on what we want rather than what God wants. Because if God gave us everything, what, what's the, when a kid gets everything, when they grow up and they get everything they want, what is that called? Spoil, oh, spoiled brat. Oh, yeah. That's right. God doesn't want us to be a spoiled brat, does he? 
There's, our faith is forged, but doesn't mean those, those prayers don't matter. But the reach, those prayers are channeled according to God's word and his promises. Because why? Because every promise is a yes in Christ. Your prayer is not a no. It's just not, it's just not, it's a not yet. It's not in the way that you want that to be answered. But in the meantime, things are, your faith is being forged and shaped. And to remember this, at the end, there will be an answer. At the end, there will be resolve. Ask the Shunammite couple. Ask the sisters of Lazarus. Ask the very disciples of Jesus. You can't have a resurrection without a death. And in our lives and your lives, you, you can't come in, to the conclusion without going through the struggle to appreciate the end, right? In the meantime, we go through it. Now, finally, to share this with you is this. God's perspective, you know, bringing meaning to the meantime is this. God's perspective is always beyond our vantage point. It's always beyond what we can see. I know football season's, uh, you know, it's been gone the whole week. Some of us are grieving. Some of us feel like, oh, that was the Super Bowl? That was, you know, like, and, and so some of, some of you people, you don't have to cheer or anything, but some of you are like, oh, I'm so glad football's over, okay? There's people in this room that they, and we'll pray for you. We're sorry for you, but uh, some of us like that. But the, in football, so going back in the football analogy, there's this, there was some critical plays in the playoffs. Some of us know why the Saints didn't make it and all that. That's all happened. But I would say this, there was critical calls, and, there, and what they do in some of these decisions that are made is it's controversial, is that they'll, someone will throw a flag and, there's, and it becomes under review. And what happens is that it's sent upstairs. And so there's a, it, sometimes it's a make it or break it moment where it's determined where, which way this game would call based on the review of the play. And there's sometimes plays are under further review. It, the play, the play, they say the play stands the way it is. Under further review, there's times where it's overturned. And I, I, I was reminding us in our lives that there's moments on the field of life, the gridiron of life, where something happens and something takes place, and we're going, this is not right. This should not happen the way it happened. I think we need reminded of this, that God, with Lord, we can send it upstairs. We can, he can have, he has a final review and he's the perfect referee and he sees the entire field of our life. He sees the beginning to the end and he will make the right call. At the end of the day, he'll make it right for us. Let me, let me ask this question for you and our team's going to come to pray and we're going to pray with this is what is a disappointing situation in your life right now that seems dead and you're feeling defeated? You've moved from disappointment to deadness. You moved from what was, was ailing and what was struggling to actually it feels like there's a finality. But what a reminder for this humanite couple. What a reminder for all of us in our, as followers of Jesus who rose on the third day that death is not the final answer. That there is someone who sees it all, who's in looking over the entire field of this universe, it says, under further review. And you're like, what, what, what is it? Maybe it's a relationship in your life that's fallen apart. Maybe you're, you, you've lost your, 
your job this last year. Maybe you, you've made some terrible mistakes yourself and it costs you a lot in your life. Kind of encourage us with this, that it's under further review, that he can restore relationship, that it's under further review, that he can supply all your needs according to his glorious riches. Can I tell you, under further review, that he can forgive you and make you whole, that he sees it all. But in the meantime, and all that we're going through, that he's forging our faith to grow us stronger. Just like Elisha laid on that cold, that cold body, Jesus did the same for us. Jesus, the one that laid on our lives. He's the one that came down and, and the prophet of all prophets and laid his very life down for us upon our lives to resurrect us, to give us life. When we felt like hope was all gone and we and even felt like death was the answer in our life, God brought Christ to resurrect us and give us life. But the but part is this, we still live in the here and now. And what we've experienced is awesome, but what we will experience one day is, is far beyond. The promises that we receive are only partial Salvation is only partial. And thank God for salvation. If you don't know Jesus, you can know Jesus. And Jesus says, I want to transform you. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Receive me today because you can secure the promise of eternity in heaven with him. But we live in the meantime. But in the meantime is where faith is forged. But there's these promises that will be fulfilled one day in our lives. And we just have to see it with that perspective in mind. And through it all and the twists and turns and everything that we go through, recognize it, that promise will be fulfilled because the promises are yes in Christ and what he's wanting to do. But in the meantime, what do we do? We pray. In fact, will you pray with me? Will you, will you bow with me right now? Wow, Lord, it's so easy to come into a church service and get some pat answers for our life's problems. And it's so clear, though, today in this scripture, that this story that we read, and even though, Lord, it ended in a, in, in a, in a, in a positive note, but, Lord, we kind of go, what the heck, Lord? Seriously, why would you take people through that? This wonderful couple, this faithful couple, generous couple that seemed like things were okay until you got involved with them, Lord. And God, I think so many of us can relate with that, that even as we've given our lives to you, it just seems like life got worse at times. And yet, Lord, we can't imagine life without you and what you got us through and what you accomplished. And, 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 and here, we're here today living testimony of the work you've done in our lives. But Lord, here we go again. In fact, there's some here today that are living with some disappointment right now. And Lord, I pray that as they sit in this disappointment, as they sit in this mean time that feels so mean, and this in-between times, God, they're, they're wrestling through it, wondering where you're at. Lord, where are you going to do, what you're going to do, and how you're going to accomplish it, Lord. God, we, we be reminded that you did it before, that you did, you'll do it again. That what you accomplished before, you've done that you will see it to the end. That, Lord, you have a divine perspective. That it's under further review and what you will still want to accomplish, Lord. 
and that the promises have been fulfilled ultimately in you already through the cross and through the resurrection, but that our salvation is secure. Heaven is our deposit of inheritance and this trust fund that we have with you. But Lord, we live in the mean times right now for that fulfillment to ultimately take place. So Lord, we ask for strength. We ask for help. We ask, Lord, knowing that in it all, what we ask for, you're forging our faith, making us stronger in you, developing us into who you want us to be, Lord. And that trusting you that all that is accomplished truly will be yes in Christ at the end, God. But in the meantime, we seek you. In the meantime, we hang on to you of what you do and how you're going to do it. And at the end, we're going to look back and it's going to be amazing, but we trust in you. God, as you forge our faith forward, Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.